Do you have a wet basement? You've got a problem. Not only are you inviting toxic mold, a flooded foundation can raise serious structural issues. But here's the good news. Jackhammers and backhoes and other drastic measures are probably not in your future if you read our tips for sealing your basement. Hit moneybit.com, click on Ideas and Tips, then click Repair and Improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair question, give us a call right now, 888-MONEYPIT. and floorboards the shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT because we want to hear your home improvement question. There are no dumb questions on the show, just the occasional dumb answer from the host. <laughs> but we try to keep those few and far between. So give us a shot. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. You know, in most of the country, it's still pretty cold and yeah. dreary, um, which could have you dreaming of an island getaway. Oh, sorry. I was dreaming of one right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think we can help you with that, but Ah. would you settle for a kitchen island? Can I sunbathe on it? Um, I wouldn't recommend it. It might get the neighbors talking, especially (laughs) if you you don't have drapes in those kitchen windows. (laughs) We're going to have some great ideas, though, on how you can create your own kitchen island on a budget this hour, especially if you don't have a lot of room for one. We've got some really creative tips on how you can make it really easy and effective and, and a fun project to do. Mm -hmm. And you know what? When it comes to your kitchen, one of the most important parts of the kitchen that you might not even think is important, but it is, is actually the plumbing. So if your kitchen's plumbing seems a bit sluggish at times, well, it could be due to a venting situation. So we're going to get tips to help speed up the flow later this hour when we welcome our expert plumber friend, Richard Trithui from TV's This Old House. Plus, storage is always a big issue this time of year. And if you're feeling a bit cramped, we're going to have some fantastic ideas to help you organize and customize your closet in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And this hour, we're going to help one caller get a mini bathroom makeover with our bath accessory prize pack from That's Top Knobs. That's a great, Knobs. great prize. Yeah, this is a great prize and can actually make a huge difference because, listen, it includes cabinet poles, a double towel bar, a tissue holder, a hook, and so much more, which will really spruce up your bath. And it's worth 335 bucks. so if you've got a bath question or a kitchen question or really any question, pick up the phone right now and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. If we draw your name out of the Money Pit hard hat, we will be sending that supply of bath decor items to your house. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Let's get right to it. Leslie, who's first? Dan in Iowa is calling in with a window question. What can we do for you? I'm buying an older home built in 1910 and they just got it inspected and it said all the sash cords in the home are broken. Okay. My question to you is, is there an easy, efficient way to replace those or should I be asking for more money from the seller? Well, the windows certainly need to be operable. And, and if the cords are broken, you can't open or close them, correct? Well, or you need correct. a lot of sticks to hold them up <laughs> yeah. when they're open. Yeah. And there are inspectors that it's dangerous for pets. If they hit the stack, it could come down yeah, their head. And that's true. Kids, everybody. That's true, yeah. Um, you know, it sounds to me like new windows are in your future, Dan. Okay. Uh, if, if, if I was you, I would try to negotiate the best possible price. And then I would replace those windows before the end of 2010. Because if you do that, you can qualify for up to a 30% 
tax credit uh, towards the cost of those windows, which will come off your taxes uh, in 2011. Uh, due to the federal uh, tax rebate program that's going on right now, it's a real good time to install replacement windows. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you. I greatly appreciate it. You answered the question that no one else has been able to give me any information. Yeah, on. that's the answer. You know, replacing the the uh, broken sash cords and all that—it's a big hassle because you have to take the trim apart from the inside, and then you got to find the parts. Well, and, and then you know you need to worry about the efficiency of the window. If they still have sash cords, they're probably a very old window. You yeah. know, are they single pane? What's the thermal efficiency right. if there's any? So, you know what? Head on over to energystar.gov. You can do some research there about windows that qualify for the federal tax credit. This way, you kind of have an idea about what the cost would be per window. So when you approach the realtor and the seller, you can say, you know what? I want X amount of dollars. All right. Excellent. I greatly appreciate it. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Pat and Delaware need some help fixing a ceiling. Tell us about the problem. Yes, I have a 60-year-old two-story colonial, and I've maintained it over the years, but the cracks in the ceiling have me concerned, and I was wondering, do I have to get a plaster and pay the exorbitant fees, or can I do it at home, fix it myself? Well, you can fix it yourself. Yeah, are the cracks that you're seeing, are they, you know, where the molding meets the ceiling, or are they smack in the middle? Does it seem like it's on a seam? Uh, they're in the in the middle. That's pretty much normal expansion and contraction. I think those cracks can be fixed. Um, I would use the uh, perforated drywall tape on that, Leslie. Mm -hmm. What you need to do is you need to cover it up with the perforated drywall tape like Tom mentioned. And that's the kind that looks almost like um, a gauze, but it's sticky all around. And then you would put that... I've used that before, but I find it gets thick and cakey. Then am I supposed to hand sand it before I paint it? Absolutely. What you're supposed to do is apply the um, joint compound in several different layers. Thin layers. You know, thin layers. So you don't want to put a layer over it, let it dry really well, then sand it. Then you want to put another layer over it, let it dry really well, and sand it. And you want to keep getting, you know, wider and wider and wider and sand it out so that it really almost feathers away and you don't even notice it. Pat, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now, you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Whatever is broken, even if you broke it, we will not judge. <laughs> we will help you solve that problem. So give us a call at one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Maybe the problem you want to solve is a space problem and a kitchen island can help you do that. It can be a very functional work area, but it doesn't have to be just a big fat rectangle in the middle of the room. We've got some very creative space saving solutions for building your own kitchen island after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatrue Doors are Energy Star qualified and provide up to five times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit Thermatrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. 
where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, give us a call here at the Money Pit because it's a new year. We know we're all still paying off our holiday bills and we're really thinking about some cost-saving techniques in the house that can really make a big difference. Well, our prize this hour can help you do just that and it's a good inspirational idea for you as well. We are giving away the Stratton Bath Hardware Collection from Top Knobs. Now listen, this. It comes with a double towel bar, a double hook, a toilet tissue holder, and six cabinet poles. And Top Knobs products, they've got a sealed finish, so the knobs and the bars that you most frequently use won't wear faster than the ones that you don't. Everything's going to look the same through the lifetime of the products. And the package is worth 335 bucks, so that can really make a huge difference to any size bath. So give us a call for your chance to win at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Now, another home improvement that can really deliver some return on investment is anyone that you make to your kitchen. And if you're thinking about installing, say, a kitchen island, it is a great way to add workspace and storage to that area of the house. But here's the thing. An island does not have to be square or rectangular. You can custom design one with angles and features that best fit your particular kitchen and your needs. Now, the first step is planning. You want to think about the storage and how you're going to use it. It's going to be a homework area or maybe a cooking prep area. Yeah, you know, also, if you don't have the room to actually build a gigantic island, you might want to consider using salvaged furniture, which is a great idea and totally inexpensive, you know, like an old table or a desk, and that can be your island. All you might need to do is build it up to counter height, you know, and you can do that with materials. It's not difficult. It's not expensive. And it can actually add a very homey and a custom look to your kitchen that's not going to break the bank. And if you think about it, if you've got a small desk and you want to go with a natural top like granite or marble. It's not going to be that expensive to get a piece of that size. So it really is a great way to change your kitchen around and give you some more workspace. If you're looking for some more kitchen ideas on a budget, why not visit moneypit.com and look under home spaces to find kitchens. 888-666-3974. Pick up the phone right now and give us a call with your home improvement, your home decor, or your home maintenance question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. All right, now we've got Tom who's dealing with a stain on the bathroom floor. What can we do for you? I bought a new townhome, and the, the color was a light beige, light gray, kind of a stone facade or okay. facade. Mm-hmm. And I put in that bathroom a rubber-backed rug. Okay. And it, the rubber-backed rug was an older rug, and it got wet, and a stain occurred on that same spot where the rubber-backed backing was. What kind of flooring do you have? It's is it a like vinyl a, or... Uh, yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> because what's happened here is, um, and I'm not so sure the water had anything to do with this. You may have it's discovered it. just the rug it itself. When, you, when it got wet and you picked it up. But when you put a rubber-backed carpet on top of a vinyl floor, you get a chemical reaction, which is called oxidation. And it usually creates a stain that tends to look kind of brownish or yellowish. It's a, yeah, it's a horrible-looking orange-brown. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, really nasty. Yes. Uh, bad news, that's not something you can clean. Uh-oh. What's happened is you've actually physically changed the uh, makeup of the vinyl, and that's a permanent situation. So The only uh, you solution have two is options. a larger rug. Yeah, a larger <laughs> rug or replace the floor. That's what we've been using, and I've been debating whether or not to just put in another section of vinyl yeah oh, well you know what why don't you think about uh putting in some laminate floor tom it's an easy product to install yourself it works really put well it right in over the existing floor and you go right on top of the vinyl oh that's an idea right thanks for your help 
You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Joanne in California has a question about a water heater. What can we do for you, Joanne? Uh, well, I'd like to know if you're supposed to uh, drain your water heaters. Not necessarily, unless you have particularly hard water. Sometimes if you get mineral deposits that build up in the bottom of the water heater, they can actually act as an insulator, and it will cost you a little bit more in your energy dollars to actually heat the water, Joanne. But unless uh, you sense that that's the kind of water that you have in the house... We do. We have hard water. Oh, you do? (laughs) Okay. Well, in that case, you know, draining a bit of water out once in a while is not a bad idea, but you also might want to think about installing a water softener. We have actually a sponsor that makes one called Easy Water that works very well because you don't need to be a plumber to install it. It basically will take the, the charge out of the hard water so that it doesn't stick to each other anymore, doesn't clog up your systems. So you might want to take a look at easywater.com. Mary needs some help with a vanity. What's going on and how can we help you? Uh, question. We've got a house that's about 25 years old. It has the original vanity in the bathroom. And unfortunately, over the years, people have put cigarettes on the edge of the vanity. Now, I call it hard plastic. I don't know what the technical term for the material is, but is there any way to restore that so we don't have to replace the whole thing? Well, not really. If you had a chip or a ding or something like that or, or a very sort of contained, burned-out area, it's possible that you could use a, a laminate patching material and try to get something that's close in color and, and fix it that way. But generally, from a burn like that, it typically sort of gets yellowish and um, you know deforms it. It's very mm-hmm. hard to repair that. What you could do, however, is instead of replacing it, you could relaminate it. So essentially, you could purchase new Formica or new laminate And you could basically put the new stuff over the old stuff without removing the old material. You can rough it up a little bit and contact cement it right on. You would have to pop out the sink, though. Yeah, you'd have to pop out the sink for sure. But you wouldn't have to replace the top. So I actually did that to an entire countertop at a house that I owned once, and it came out great. And relaminating, Mary, it's not a very difficult project. What you would do is you would remove the sink and then use contact cement on both sides, on the back side of the new laminate and on the top of the old laminate, sort of let it become tacky and then you want to lay it on top of the existing vanity and then what you can do is once that's dried and secure you can take a router and plunge cut the area where your sink will go and cut the edges and then you can trim up the sides and if you look at companies like Formica or Laminart or Wilsonart go to their websites and you can see that the options today I mean, are truly gorgeous. I saw at Builder Show last year, um, we saw some beautiful Formica options that looked like bamboo, that looked like butcher block. I mean, things that sort of were very clean and very zen, gorgeous colors. So you'd be quite surprised at the changes that the laminate countertops have really come. Well, I think that's worth trying, and I appreciate your help. You're welcome, Mary. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right, now we've got Tobin who's got a question about cleaning air ducts. Ah, this time of year, people knocking on your doors want to clean your air ducts, Tobin? Yeah, actually, uh, my question involves the, you know, the routine maintenance of them. Okay. Um, I clean, you know, I replace the, the filters the, at the intakes and everything. Yep. But uh, we get these in, these inserts in the mailers every week saying, you know, uh, we'll clean the, the air ducts, you know, with our high steam and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Is, is that a, a necessary mm, panic know, thing to do Panic peddlers, don't buy it. Mm-hmm. And no, the you don't need Tobin to clean your ducts. Alarming. Yeah, they're very alarmist contractors. You don't need to clean your ducts uh, only if you've maybe done some construction or something of that nature. Uh, there's a lot of misinformation in the duct cleaning business. 
In fact, the EPA has got a great website that talks about this problem. And in fact, you know, a lot of the claims that are made uh, about treating the ducks with different types of mildicides and things like that, uh, they say generally that the products that they apply are not label approved for this type of use. And so uh, not, not a good idea, I think, in your situation. I would ignore those flyers. Just make sure that you are religious about changing your filters on that system. Do it regularly uh, whenever it's recommended. If it's a pleated filter, you know, once a month, uh, you might want to invest in something. I would get a whole house air cleaner, uh, one that's installed in the HVAC system, because those are so efficient, they can take out virus-sized particles. Mm-hmm. They'll truly scrub every bit of air as it circulates through the entire system. Oh, sounds great. I appreciate the uh, the information. You're welcome, Tobin. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Don in Pennsylvania's got a question about his heating system. What can we help you with? Yes, I was wondering about a cold air return bring uh, fresh the fresh air return from the uh, bringing air in from outside. Okay, uh, duct work. Hmm. You mean from from the exterior? We're not talking about it, uh, the uh, return inside the house. You're talking about venting some fresh air into the house, correct? Yes, into the uh, cold air return. Okay, so I think what you're talking about is called an air-to-air heat exchanger. And basically it takes fresh air into the house but allows some of the heated air, as it's being exhausted, sort of the stale air, to transfer some of its heat to the chilly air coming in and dramatically improves the efficiency of that operation. That's added typically in a home, a residential home, that's really, really well insulated that does not have a lot of air changes per hour because it maintains the healthy environment. It's also a fairly standard thing done in a commercial installation where you have to make sure that you're always introducing fresh air into the building. So it's a good idea if the home is very, very tight. If it's not really tight, then you don't need to worry about it. Okay, it is a little little bit tight. Well, how do you know how tight it is? Have you ever tested it? Uh, well, up in the attic up there, we have the insulation running. To the, to the well, you know, that, that, that may seem like it's an energy-efficient house, but we're talking about how well-sealed the house is. There's one way for you to tell. It's called a blower door test. It's done by an energy auditor, and they can actually measure how tight your house is. And i got to tell you, of all the times I've seen these tests done, basically what they do is they stick a big fan in the front door, and they blow the house up with air just like you're, you're inflating a balloon, and then they measure how much of it's leaking out, and they can actually do it in the reverse, too. They can depressurize the house and measure how much air is leaking in. Generally, you will find that it's very, very inefficient and far more inefficient than what you thought it was. So unless you've done that type of test, Don, I wouldn't recommend that you install the air-to-air heat exchanger just speculating that you may need it. I would get the data first. And frankly, if the if the house is leaky, you may be better off putting uh, your money into how to, and trying to figure out how to make it tighter. And that's something that will also be identified by that blower door test because it will show you exactly what's leaking, whether it's the windows, the doors, the walls, the outlets. And you'll know exactly how to attack it and make that house nice and energy efficient. You can probably get it done, by the way, by your local utility mm-hmm. company. They very often and sometimes offer they even do those it for services. Free. That's true. Sometimes they do do it for free. Don, I hope that helps you out. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now, Tom, when you go and get the energy audit done in your home, is the blower door test the standard test, or are there a series of other things that they do? There's probably a series that they're going to do. It depends on how thorough the energy audit is. But uh, if you have the opportunity to get that blower door test, it's really going to be enlightening what you find out about the house. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. 
Well, when home improvement projects don't always go as planned, it does help to vent a little bit. And your plumbing system feels exactly the same way. You know, sluggish drains could be a sign that a little fresh air is needed. We're going to help you figure out a fast fix to that problem after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Pick up the telephone. Fix up your home sweet home. Call an 888-MONEY PIT. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. You know, if you ever find yourself short on cash around the house, one place you might want to look is your attic. You might just find that, uh, say, grandma's old dresser is really worth something, or you could discover the next big find for the Antiques Roadshow. But there are a few telltale things that you can look for to help you determine exactly what you have. And we cover those in a new article on MoneyPit.com called How to Date Furniture. So simply head on over to MoneyPit.com and enter into the search box, How to Date Furniture. You'll find out how exactly to figure out how old your piece is and whether it's really worth anything that could put some money in your pocket. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to the phones. Leslie, who's next? Dan in Washington is doing some work on the outside of the house. What can we do for you today? Hi, yeah. Uh, so I uh, live in a split-level home, and the entryway, uh, when we bought the house, they had placed a uh, uh, a railing and guardrail that goes both upstairs and downstairs, and it's metal and painted black. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pretty standard. Our, our decoration or interior decoration of the living room within that area, as you immediately go up the upstairs, is kind of a rustic type, I guess, decorative uh, right. uh, pattern. So mm-hmm. we were curious as to what color we could potentially paint the railing or if we should just pull that and, and put in some, like, a wood railing and, and that sort of thing. You know, those cast iron metal railings, Leslie, don't have a lot of uh, personality Character. to them. Any well, options short of replacing it? Yeah. How comfortable are you with faux painting if it came in, like, a kit? Because, I mean, you could do something pretty rustic, maybe. Now, when you say rustic, are you thinking, like, country or lodgy? I mean, there's so many ways to, you know, define rustic. But yeah, you could, it's a more lodge type. You could go with something that almost has, like, an antiqued patina. Maybe, like, a, you, you know, a patinaed copper. So you get that copper sort of tealy mix. There's a good company called Modern Masters. And if you search them out online, their website might even just be modernmasters.com and they have wonderful kits that create these beautiful looks of metals and finishes that you might find something there that works with the tone and the feel of rusticness that you're trying to get in the space and the kits aren't that expensive and they're really easy to do yourself if you have a little bit of confidence with it plus at that point if you hate it you're leaning towards replacing it anyway you might as well give it a go yeah yeah no that's a good point Thank you very much. Oh, it's our pleasure. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Well, when it comes to the plumbing in your house, 
How much do you really know about it? And do you have to know about it? I mean, other than the fact that it makes weird noises and hopefully it works when you need it to and want it that's to. All that's, that's all that's really important. Yeah, seriously. If things go where they're supposed to go and water comes out of where it's supposed to, then hooray, we all win. But Life is good. what happens when it doesn't work properly? And what about this mysterious venting that I hear so much about? Well, you know, if your system is sluggish, the cause could be the venting. And here with some tips on how to straighten that all out, is Kevin O'Connor, the host of This Old House, and plumbing expert Richard Trithui. And Kevin, there's a little bit of mysterious alphabet soup to this whole process because we're really talking about something called the DWV. That's right. Residential drainage systems are often abbreviated DWV for drain, waste, and vent. Most people understand the drain and waste part, but they may not understand why a plumbing system has to be vented. Well, venting is absolutely critical to any drain system. It has to breathe. You know, when water goes down that drain, the air that's inside that piping before the water went down has to go somewhere. Think about it. Imagine putting your finger on the top of a straw full of water. That water will not drain out of the bottom unless you let the air into the top. So when a system is not vented fully or properly, you can have gurgling and slow draining of sinks, tubs, toilets. You also might get the smell of sewer gas if the poor venting causes a trap to lose its seal. So a lot of times we see the vent pipe going through the roof, but do you always have to penetrate the roof? Well, usually the venting for a new fixture can tie into the existing stack that exits the roof, but not always. In some circumstances, you may be able to use a special one-way vent called an air admittance valve. It allows you to vent a system from inside the house, perhaps in a vanity, kitchen island, or even a basement. These valves satisfy most plumbing codes, but not all. All right. If you want to learn more about the science of venting, visit us at thisoldhouse.com. Or if you just want to vent, you can go to thisoldhouse.com <laughs> right. and, and, and tell us your plumbing story. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Trithui, Kevin O'Connor, thanks for stopping by the Money Pit. Thanks, Tom. Good to be here. Yeah, and you know, sometimes I find that the bathroom is actually the best place for me to vent. I just shut the door. <laughs> I let it all out. I go screaming, complaining about everything that's going on at the house. And you know what? I actually feel much better. I'm glad that works for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for more tips on plumbing systems and so much more, be sure to watch Kevin and Richard on This Old House. And This Old House is brought to you by GMC. GMC, we are professional grade. Well, up next, are you ready to take on that bottomless pit you call your closet? What you say? Your closet is not bottomless? In fact, it's totally overflowing? Not to worry. We're going to have some closet storage solutions to help you out after this. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. And a new look in your bathroom could be just a dial tone away because this hour we're giving a instant makeover of handcrafted quality hardware from top knobs to one caller. Uh, You could win a set of hardware that includes a double towel bar, a double hook, toilet tissue holder, and cabinet pulls worth 335 bucks. It's a great selection of quality hardware products from Top Knob. I'm going to go to one caller who reaches us with their home improvement question at one eight 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 money pit Yeah, pick up the phone and give us a call, especially if you have a project on your to-do list that just seems like something that has no end in sight. And you know what a project that is pretty much endless, if you will? What would that be? 
organizing closets. I mean, it really is a just overwhelming task that you tackle in your house. I tend to do mine seasonally just because I'm a folding and organizing nutter, if you will. But now, what, you, is, what exactly is, Leslie, the closet organizing uh, season? Just wondering, because I, perhaps there is a Hallmark card in our future. <laughs> I do it in like the clothing wearing season. Like I'll do okay. it in the fall into winter and then I'll do it into spring into summer. And it's generally I take everything out, I fold it up and I put it back in and I just sort of tidy <laughs> it up and get rid of things I haven't worn or don't like or don't fit anymore and you know donate those to Goodwill. That'll but work. it's really something that you have to tackle in stages if you're sort of a person that lets things build up, then do it in small steps. Tackle one area of your closet. Only do one set of dresser drawers. You know, do one section of folded items. Really take the time. My rule is if I haven't worn it in six months or a year, get rid of it. If it's not something that's seasonal and okay, I haven't worn my ski jacket because it's summer, then obviously I'm holding on to it. But if it's something where, you know, the piece is dated and I just haven't worn it, then donate it. It can really make a huge difference to somebody else. And if you're not wearing it, obviously you don't need it. So take the time, start in small steps, and really it's a great opportunity to take advantage of these things. Organize things, wear stuff you haven't seen in ages. It becomes fresh and new as if you've just been shopping. Now, if you're doing closets that have say, holiday decorations or sporting equipment, keep things towards the front that you use in that season. You know, if it's the middle of the summer, you don't need your skis right there and vice versa. You don't need your lawnmower if there's a foot of snow outside. So take advantage of that. Think about the season, put things in the front that you're going to use the most at that exact time and stick with it. You know, my wife's been trying to get me to take the lawnmower out of the bedroom closet, Yeah, but it is just so darn convenient there. <laughs> Well, once you've gotten an inventory of what will be stored, you want to choose an organizational system that could work for you. There are so many options to consider. Head on over to MoneyPit.com. Search on Organizing Your Closet. We've got lots of tips and advice in a great article right there online at MoneyPit.com. Or pick up the phone right now and give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Nikki in Indiana is dealing with some moisture in the basement. Tell us what's going on. Well, our house is 21 years old. We have a concrete block wall basement. Um, when we built, we did all the draining and all the things we were supposed to do on the outside. We sealed the concrete block on the inside, uh-huh. painted the walls, and after 20 years, we started having mildew and mold. Okay. We do we do run a dehumidifier down here. Uh, what do you suggest we do? Well, when you say you have mildew and mold, are are, are these walls still concrete block, or do you have uh, are they covered with wood or anything of that nature? No, we did not. We did not. All right. Uh, so what you're seeing is like, are you seeing like white, gray, crusty stuff come through the wall? Yes. Yeah, it's not mildew. It's not mildew, and it's not mold. What you're seeing are mineral salt deposits. Well, now it does turn black, dark, and then yeah. I was finding mildew on some of the furniture, some of the cabinets. Okay. Well, that's a different issue, but. You're not going to get mold on those walls because they're not. There's no organic material there for for the mold to eat. So typically, what you're having there is mineral salt deposits, and you can prove this to yourself if you take white vinegar and and spray it on there. You'll find that it usually disappears. But okay. the, re- the reason this is happening is because you have a moisture problem outside, and I think you should address the drainage. Uh, and the fact that it's you know fine except for now after 20 years means something broke down. So let's go through the basics. Make sure your gutters are clean and free-flowing. Make sure the downspouts are extended four to six feet away from the house. And make sure the soil slopes away from the house a drop of six inches over four feet. Those three things will stop almost all wet basement problems. Doug in North Carolina has a tiling question. How can we help you with the project? I want to apply some ceramic tile 
directly to the drywall that's been painted underneath my kitchen backsplash wall. I want to know if I can just do that without much prep. Well, I don't see why not. What is the condition of the drywall? Is it in good shape from being in contact with the water? It seems all right. Yes, it's, it's in great shape. It's only like four years old. Yeah, I don't see why not. You know, depending on how comfortable you are with the tiling project, you know, you can go with traditional thin set mastic to use that as your adhesive. Or Tom and I have actually worked with a new product that really makes installing tile ridiculously easy. It's called Bondera Tile Mat Set. Yeah, especially on a backsplash. Uh, seriously, on a vertical surface where you might be dealing with tiles sliding down and, you know, patterns and making sure things are level. This stuff, I mean, the Bondera works amazing because it's essentially like the stickiest, sticky paper you've ever seen in your life. It's thick and it's gray and it's sticky and it's got lines on it so you can't mess up the tile being in the proper direction. And you peel off one side and stick it to the backsplash. Then you peel off the other side and stick your tile to it. Now, we used it for a counter. We used it for a backsplash. We used it for a counter edge. And on the vertical surfaces, I would say when choosing your tile, make sure that the backside of the tile, you know, has sufficient four flat sides that would go in contact with it because it sticks super duper well and once you adhere the tile to the bandera you can grout immediately and then all you're waiting for is the grout to dry yep exactly that, that sounds great that sounds like a nice shortcut uh, it really is, that is available in local home centers or it's available at lowe's okay. uh, and also available online very good well listen i appreciate that very much you are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Hey, you know, selling your home these days, it really takes a solid, well-thought-out strategy. So how do you find the right pro to help you with that? We're going to have some tips when we come back. You're in the Money Pit! Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, you know Tom and I think of all of you as our friends. So why don't you make us your friends? Friend us on Facebook. We've got a fan site there, and it's super easy to join. All you need to do is text Fan the Money Pit to F book at 32665. That's right. We're all tech savvy and getting into the future because you can do this right from your cell phone. It goes lickety split. You just have to remember that standard text messaging charges apply, but you will instantly be a fan of the Money Pit. You're going to get great articles, fun stories, good home improvement advice. It's all there and it's updated constantly as Facebook always is. And while you're online and even while you're on the Facebook site, you can email us a question and we'll answer them like we do here at the show and we've got one here from rick who writes we are in the early stages of searching for a home choosing a realtor to represent us will be important what are some questions to ask since they are trained to be friendly helpful and are boastful of their experience <laughs> in this market i feel i need someone that can negotiate well for us is there a boasting class that the realtors have to check i take? feel like you know they're always selling themselves because they well, sell houses they've got to and you know what they can't sell themselves they certainly can't sell your house so that's exactly. a good place to start well I mean obviously referrals is a, is really the first question if you're new to the neighborhood um, I would take a drive around and see who seems to be moving the most property because you're gonna find that realtors do specialize in a neighborhood and that's a good thing because they have all of the answers as opposed to somebody that's coming in from totally on the outside I may not have all of the information that a buyer might need mm -hmm. uh, to move into that particular place 
Uh, once you've narrowed down the list, you want to make an appointment to meet with the agent in their office. And before you start talking about the house, you might want to find out as much as you can about the agent. For example, how long have they been working as an agent? You know, an inexperienced agent might be fine for an uncomplicated purchase, but for the most part, you really want to look for somebody who has at least five years of experience. Getting licensed is relatively easy. Be mm. warned. Just because you're a licensed agent doesn't necessarily mean you're an expert. So I think experience definitely now, counts. Is there a difference between a real estate agent and a realtor? I mean, I hear both terms in the media. You see different terms on signage. Or are they pretty much the same? Well, a real estate agent uh, that is a member of the National Association of Realtors is a realtor. So they're used somewhat interchangeably. But a realtor does is a professional designation. And your assurance that you're getting a good quality person to represent you uh, in that transaction. Speaking of which, you may also want to look for awards that they've won and find out how accessible they are. You know, uh, buying a house is a, it's not a nine to five job. I mean, no. you're going to have calls all hours of the day and night. And you want to be able to reach out to the agent uh, if you need them, especially if you've got an offer on the table. And finally, I think this is very, very important. Take note if the agent is a good listener, because if they're not a good listener, um, that's really going to be very, very frustrating. It's a very emotional process. It's a real roller coaster ride uh, that you are embarking on here, Rick. And you want to make sure that you're working with somebody that really listens to what uh, your needs are and addresses them in an appropriate way. All right. Now we've got one from Joe in Virginia who writes, how do you feel about whole house tankless water heaters? We have a 2100 square foot home with two baths and with only two adults living there. I feel pretty good about them. I mean, basically, if I was going to install a new water heater today, I would always go tankless. Right. If I have gas, um, I'm going to use a tankless water heater because it's going to be an unlimited supply. And it doesn't matter if you have, you know, two people or 10 people living in the house. You buy the unit to fit the number of bedrooms. You will always have hot water. A little bit more expensive to purchase, but well worth it in the long run. Well, and you know what they say, real estate costs money. And think about the amount of space you're gaining back by having a tankless water <laughs> Good heater. <point. laughs> Good luck with that, Joe. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Hope you got lots of tips and ideas for taking care of your Money Pit and making it a little safer, more comfortable, more energy efficient for the days to come. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.